0: Hello and welcome to episode 135 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It's a privilege to be with you. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. This is being recorded on Monday, March 21st, 2022. Let us begin with the Fatima Center's Novena Prayer for the Proper Consecration of Russia being said between March 17th and March 25th, 2022. The Fatima Center urges everyone to unite in prayer and penance for a nine-day novena to include the rosary and this novena prayer for the intention of a proper consecration of Russia according to the precise instructions laid out by Our Lady of Fatima. Praises to Our Lady. Hail Mary, beloved daughter of the Eternal Father. Hail Mary, admirable mother of the Son. Hail Mary, faithful spouse of the Holy Ghost. Hail Mary, my dear mother, my loving mistress, my powerful sovereign. Hail my joy, my glory, my heart, and my soul. Prayer of Personal Consecration Immaculate Heart of Mary, full of love for God and of compassion for sinners, I consecrate myself entirely to thee. I entrust to thee the salvation of souls. May my heart be ever united with thine, so that I may hate sin, love God and my neighbor, and reach eternal life together with those whom I love. Prayer Request Novena Intention Mediatrix of all graces and Mother of mercy, remember the infinite treasure which thy divine Son has merited by his sufferings and which he has confided to thee for us, thy children. Filled with confidence in thy maternal heart, which we venerate and love, we come to thee with our pressing needs. Through the merits of thy most sorrowful and immaculate heart, and for the honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the salvation of many souls, inspire the Pope in union with all the Catholic bishops of the world to consecrate Russia to thine immaculate heart, as thou didst request, at Fatima. Pater noster, quies in celis sanctificator nomen tuam, advene regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panam nostrum quotidianum de nobis hodie, et dimite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitibus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu in mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui Jesus, Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in mortis nostrae. Amen. Gloria patri et filio et spiritui sancto. Secundaret in principio et nunc et semper et in secula seculorum. Amen. Let's take a look, friends, at an article published this afternoon. At 1Peter5.com. The title is exclusive Bishop Schneider on Pope Francis' Consecration of Russia and Ukraine by Diane Montaigne. As Pope Francis prepares to consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on March 25th, Bishop Athanasius Schneider shares his thoughts on this historic event and what the faithful should expect should the consecration be carried out according to Our Lady's wishes. As well as his hopes for peace, the Auxiliary Bishop of Astana, Kazakhstan, whose early years were spent in the Soviet underground church and who built the largest church in Central Asia, dedicating it to Our Lady of Fatima, also discusses the decision to include Ukraine in the consecration, the importance of Benedict XVI's participation, and his hopes for possible unity with the orthodox through this act, Bishop Schneider, who said in our 19, excuse me, who said in our twenty nineteen book Christus Winket, Christ's Triumph over the Darkness of the Age, that he believes the consecration of Russia has so far not been carried out according to our lady's wishes, spoke to one Peter 5 on march twenty first Here below is our interview, Diane Montaigne, Your Excellency. For readers who may not be familiar with the history and details of Our Lady's request at Fatima that Russia be consecrated to her Immaculate Heart, what should they keep in mind? Bishop Athanasius Schneider, I would offer readers the following excerpt from an article of Father David Franceschini published in the Brazilian magazine Revista Catacalismo entitled, Was the Consecration of Russia Carried Out as Our Lady Requested? It also gives the title in Portuguese, which I'm not about to even attempt to pronounce. I believe the author provides a succinct summary of the essential elements. He writes, In the apparition of July 13, 1917, Our Lady told the children that God would punish the world for its crimes through war, hunger, and persecution of the Church and the Holy Father. To prevent this, I will come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, it will spread its errors throughout the world, promoting wars and persecutions. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me, which will be converted and a period of peace will be granted to the world. Twelve years later, on June 13, 1929, while residing in Tui, Spain, Sister Lucia had a vision in which Our Lady told her, the time has come when God asked the Holy Father to do, in union with all the bishops of the world, the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart, promising to save her by this means. Still, in 1929, the seer made this request known to Pope Pius XI, And the following year, she wrote to her confessor, Father Jose Bernardo Goncalves of the Society of Jesus, reporting that our Lord had urged her to ask the Holy Father for the approval of the reparative devotion of the first Saturdays. And she added, If I am not mistaken, the good God promises to end the persecution in Russia if the Holy Father deigns to make, and likewise orders the bishops of the Catholic world to make, a solemn and public act, of reparation and consecration of Russia to the most holy hearts of Jesus and Mary. In a later intimate communication, our Lord complained to Sister Lucia, they would not grant my request. Like the King of France, they will repent. And they will, but it will be late. Russia will have already spread its errors around the world. In a letter to her confessor dated May 18, 1936, Sister Lucia declares intimately, I have spoken to our Lord about the matter and a little while ago I asked him why he did not convert Russia without his holiness making this consecration. This was the answer that Sister Lucia received from Jesus. Because I want my whole church to recognize this consecration as a triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary to then extend its veneration and place alongside the devotion of my divine heart, the devotion of this Immaculate Heart. After the outbreak of the Second World War, Sister Lucia addressed the new pope, Pius XII, directly. In several intimate communications, our Lord has not ceased to insist on this request, promising lately, if your holiness deigns to make the consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart of Mary with special mention for Russia, and to order that in union with your holiness and at the same time, all the bishops of the world do so too, to shorten the days of tribulation with which it has determined to punish nations for their crimes through war, famine, and various persecutions of the Holy Church and Your Holiness. From 1984 until the fall of the Berlin Wall, Sister Lucia maintained that none of the consecrations made until then had been valid in the sense that they had met the requirements set by Our Lady. In an interview given in 1985 to Sol de Fatima magazine, She peremptorily declared, regarding those carried out by John Paul II in Fatima, 1982, and in Rome, 1984, there was not the participation of all the bishops, nor was Russia mentioned. In a letter dated November 8, 1989, Sister Lucia stated, Yes, the consecration has been carried out, as Our Lady asked, since March 25, 1984. And in a conversation of Cardinal Tarcisio Bertone with Sister Lucia, she reportedly declared, I have already said that the consecration desired by Our Lady was made in 1984 and was accepted in heaven. Montaigne, Your Excellency, how do you explain this change in Sister Lucia's thinking in a span of just four years? Bishop Schneider, in the above-mentioned article, Father Franceschini offers this plausible answer. It is legitimate to conjecture that, when reevaluating the act of John Paul II in 1984, Sister Lucia allowed herself to be influenced by the atmosphere of optimism that spread in the world after the collapse of the Soviet Empire. It should be noted that Sister Lucia did not enjoy the charism of infallibility in the interpretation of the lofty message she received. Therefore, it is for the Church's historians, theologians, and pastors to analyze the consistency of these statements, collected by Cardinal Bertone with the previous statements of Sister Lucia herself. However, one thing is clear, the fruits of the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, announced by Our Lady, are far from having materialized. There is no peace in the world. And here's me offering some commentary. Yes, there's that, the fact that Russia has not been converted, and there has not been a period of peace, but there's also the fact that there's no conclusive evidence that Sister Lucia actually said those things. None whatsoever, and we went through that at length in the book by Mr. Christopher Ferrara, The Secret's Still Hidden. Next question. Your Excellency, do you believe that the consecration of Russia to Our Lady has been made? Bishop Schneider. In chapter 19 of our book, Christus Winket, Christ's Triumph Over the Darkness of the Age, which was published by Angelico Press in 2019, we discussed this question. I said in that exchange... As we know, on March twenty-fourth, 1984, Pope John Paul II consecrated all mankind to the Immaculate Heart in the presence of the real, original statue of Fatima in St. Peter's Square. In that consecration, he especially mentioned those people whose consecration Our Lady desires to be made. Therefore, it was an implicit consecration of Russia. In the Cathedral of Our Lady of Fatima in Karaganda, the centenary of the first apparition, of Our Lady in Fatima, May 13, 2017, was celebrated in the context of a Mariological Congress. Pope Francis sent for this occasion a papal legate, Cardinal Paul Joseph Cordes, and in the homily, Cardinal Cordes mentioned the so-called consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart, which Pope John Paul II did in 1984. He said that sometime after the 1984 consecration, he was invited by the Pope to his apartment for dinner, And during this meeting, he asked the Holy Father, why did you not explicitly consecrate Russia? John Paul II answered him saying, it was my intention to do so. The Pope then added that due to concerns of the Vatican diplomats, he could not make the consecration as he had initially intended, consecrating Russia in an explicit manner. We can therefore see that because of political consequences presented by Vatican diplomacy, Pope John Paul II made the consecration in this implicit way. These are the facts. Sister Lucia was asked about this act. She said, heaven accepted it. But this phrase of Sister Lucia or other similar phrases do not mean for me that this act was the most perfect. Of course, when a pope makes such a beautiful prayer and consecration, heaven accepts this. Heaven accepts every sincere and beautiful prayer. But it does not mean, in my opinion, that in the future a more perfect act of consecration could not be made, which heaven will also receive and accept. Montaigne, so do you believe that the consecration, as Our Lady asked for it at Fatima, has been made or not? Bishop Schneider, it has not yet been made in the manner Our Lady requested. In my opinion, the consecration has to be made more perfectly, and this means with the explicit mention of Russia, along with the other conditions, as Our Lady specified. I hope and believe that one day, by a perfect act of consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart, By a future pope, heaven will pour out many abundant graces for the church and mankind and for the full conversion of Russia. And they're cited here, uh, Christus Winkett, pages 299 and 300. Mantegna. The Vatican has announced that Pope Francis will consecrate Russia and Ukraine to the Immaculate Heart of Mary on March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation during a 5 p.m. penance service in St. Peter's Basilica. The Holy See press office has informed journalists that the consecration itself will likely take place around 6.30 p.m. Rome, that is at the conclusion of the penance service. The Vatican also confirmed that Pope Francis has invited the bishops of the world and their priests to join him in this consecration. Some people wonder why the Pope has included Ukraine and if its inclusion presents an obstacle to fulfilling With Our Lady's specific requests, what would you say to those who are wondering about this? Bishop Schneider, given the current and painful war in Ukraine, it is entirely understandable that Pope Francis would also mention Ukraine. One should also consider that in July 1917, when Our Lady first spoke of the consecration of Russia, a major part of the territory of the present-day Ukraine belonged to the Russian Empire, which named certain regions of this territory Little Russia and South Russia, Were the Pope today to mention only Russia, a large part of the territory, i.e. the majority of present-day Ukraine, which Our Lady had before her eyes in July 1917, would be excluded from the consecration. Montaigne, some have argued that in order to respond faithfully to Our Lady's request, the Pope must order and not only invite the world's bishops to join him in consecrating Russia to the Immaculate Heart. How would you respond to this concern? What, in your view, are the essential elements that need to be included in the consecration and what is not essential? Bishop Schneider. In Our Lady's request, one must distinguish essential from secondary elements. The essential elements, in my opinion, are the consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and not just to the Mother of God or the Blessed Virgin Mary, the explicit mention of Russia, The additional mention of another nation close to Russia, or of all nations of the world, will not invalidate the consecration since the essential element of Russia is included. That it be made in union with all the bishops, this union does not have to include 100% of the bishops, quantitatively speaking, but the entire episcopate in a moral sense, in a similar sense, where the Pope and an ecumenical council, to join a doctrinally sound minority and reject a heterodox majority... The doctrine or dogma promulgated would be the teaching of the entire Church, even though it was proclaimed by the Pope together with the minor part of the Episcopate. The manner whereby the Pope summons the bishops to participate in the act of the consecration, whether by a formal invitation or by an explicit order, is secondary in my view. Montaigne, is the mention of the communion of reparation on the five first Saturdays essential? Bishop Schneider, as noted above, in the apparition of July 13, 1917, Our Lady said that to prevent the divine chastisements, war, hunger, and the persecution of the Church and the Holy Father, she would come to ask for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the five first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, she said, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. Later, in a letter from 1929 to her confessor, Father Jose Bernardo Goncalves, Sister Lucia reported that our Lord had urged her to ask the Holy Father for the approval of the reparative devotion of the first Saturdays. In my opinion, the approval of the practice of the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays does not necessarily have to be included explicitly in the formula of consecration. Papal approval could also be manifested, for instance, in a decree from the Apostolic Penitentiary saying that the faithful who practice the communion of reparation on the five first Saturdays will obtain a plenary indulgence. Such a decree generally indicates that it has been approved by the Holy Father. Montaigne. Is the question of public versus private revelation also important for people to keep in mind here? Bishop Schneider. One has carefully to distinguish between public, divine revelation, and private revelation. The messages and the apparitions of Our Lady and Fatima, and later separately to Sister Lucia, even though recognized by the Church as supernatural in character, are nevertheless a private revelation. The Church teaches us in this regard. The Christian economy, therefore, since it is the new and definitive covenant, will never pass away, and no new public revelation is to be expected before the glorious manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Vatican II Council. Dei Verbum, number four. Throughout the ages, there have been so-called private revelations, some of which have been recognized by the authority of the Church. They do not belong, however, to the deposit of faith. It is not their role to improve or complete Christ's definitive revelation, but to help live more fully by it in a certain period of history. Guided by the magisterium of the Church, the census fidelium knows how to discern and welcome in these revelations whatever constitutes an authentic call of Christ or his saints to the Church. Christian faith cannot accept revelations that claim to surpass or correct the revelation of which Christ is the fulfillment, as is the case in certain non-Christian religions and also in certain recent sects which base themselves on such, quote, revelations. Catechism of the Catholic Church, number 67. Montaigne, the Vatican has not yet published the prayer of consecration to be used on March 25th, but if it contains the essential elements, what effects should the faithful expect from the consecration? Bishop Schneider, the effect of the act of the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, even done in a perfect way, according to the request of Our Lady, should not be understood as if it were a sacrament, whose effect comes from its valid celebration, ex opera operato. An act of consecration, theologically speaking, is a sacramental, sacramentale, whose effect depends mainly on the Church's prayer of impetration, ex opera operantis ecclesiae. Catholic theology specifies that sacramentals, sacramentalia, do not produce grace but prepare for it. An act of consecration does not have an automatic, immediate, and spectacular or sensational effect. God in his sovereign, wise, and mysterious providence reserves to himself the right to determine the time and manner of realizing the effects of a consecration. We do well to keep in mind the words of our Lord. It is not for you to know the times or moments which the Father hath put in his own power, Acts 1-7. The manner by which divine providence guides salvation history and the history of his church is usually characterized by organic growth and gradualness. Our task is to do what the Mother of God has said. The rest is up to providence to determine according to times and ways not yet known to us. As St. Augustine said, until Christ returns, the Church will make her pilgrimage in the midst of the world's persecutions and God's consolations. Montaigne, Your Excellency, what are your hopes for the consecration of Russia? Bishop Schneider, one must hope that the consecration of Russia hastens its conversion, which necessarily includes the Russian Orthodox Church, being reunified with the apostolic see and thus becoming truly catholic only then will there be a true conversion in the eyes of god since conversion cannot be by halves bishop alexander chira who died in 1983 an underground greek catholic bishop from zakarpattia carpathian ruthenia who lived in exile in Karaganda, Kazakhstan, said in his last sermon delivered in German on May 13, 1983, in Fatima, Portugal, the Mother of God revealed, Russia will convert to Catholic unity. The painful division between the Church of East and West has already torn Russia away from Christ's true church for 900 years. Attempts to heal this old wound in the mystical body of Christ have been made more than once. Human wickedness, iniquity, and craftiness have frustrated the most loving and noble endeavors of the Catholic Church. And now, unexpectedly, the loving Mother of God takes the matter into her own hands. She appeared in Fatima to three children. Isn't it striking that she appeared not to erudite, powerful military leaders, but only to three simple village children? And she revealed, Russia will convert to the Catholic Church. We must also hope that the consecration of Russia will hasten the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary which will consist in the authentic renewal of the life of the Catholic Church, i.e., in a new splendor of the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of the liturgy, and the holiness of the Christian life. Lastly, we must hope that the consecration of Russia will hasten an era of peace for humanity, yet true and lasting peace in human society will be established only if Christ reigns over human society. As Pope Pius XI wrote, It is no less unquestionable that, In doing all we can to bring about the reestablishment of Christ's kingdom, we will be working most effectively toward a lasting world peace. Encyclical Ubi Arcano, number 49. Montaigne. Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI's personal secretary, Archbishop George Gonswain, has confirmed that Benedict XVI will join Pope Francis and the bishops of the world in praying for the consecration of Russia and Ukraine on March 25. The Vatican has said he will do so privately from the monastery of Mater Ecclesiae, that is, from the chapel of his residence in the Vatican. What are your thoughts on this news? Bishop Schneider, it is a joy for the entire church that the former Pope Benedict XVI, who, of course, is one of the most eminent members of the world's episcopate of our day, will join in the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That ends the article. And there has been much consternation over the last few hours about what the exact words of consecration will be. Uh, Pope Francis apparently saying the other day that he will consecrate humanity to the Immaculate Heart of the Blessed Virgin Mary with a special mention of Ukraine and Russia. And if that is enough to satisfy the terms of what the Blessed Mother asked for in 1929 or not. You can drive yourself mad thinking about this stuff, really. Um, So my advice for anyone listening to this show is just getting back to the the basics of St. Padre Pio. Pray, hope, and don't worry. Do your part. Thank you for praying this novena with me, these nine days from the Fatima Center. Pray your rosary every day. Be the most kind, chaste, humble Catholic you can possibly be. Ask God for the grace to do that. Ask Our Lady of Fatima to pray for you so you can do that. Ask St. Joseph, the terror of demons, to pray for you, to give you the grace, especially if you're a man. Husbands, fathers, priests, bachelors like myself, St. Joseph is our guide We need to become like other Josephs in the world. And you can, you know, do all sorts of mental gymnastics and twist yourself into knots thinking about what's Pope Francis going to say? Is it going to be accepted? Is it not going to be accepted? And this, that, and the other. You know, we can only control what we can control. We have free will. We can decide what we're going to do. We're going to have confidence in the Lord. We're going to trust in the Lord. And we're going to do our part. And let the chips fall where they may. May God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. And let us conclude by honoring Our Lady of Fatima and St. Joseph. Oremos. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Iesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora nobis peccatoribus, nunc et hora mortis nostrae, Amen. Prayer of St. Louis de Montfort. Hail Joseph the Just, Wisdom is with you. Blessed are you among all men, and blessed is Jesus, the fruit of Mary. Your faithful spouse, holy Joseph, worthy foster father of Jesus Christ, pray for us sinners and obtain divine wisdom for us from God now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis, sancti Joseph, ora nobis in et filii spiritus sancti. Amen. Please share the Our Lady of Fatima podcast with everyone you know. Most importantly, share the love of our Lord Jesus Christ with everyone you know. This has been episode 135 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. Pray, hope, and don't worry, my friends. Goodbye, and God love you.